How's everybody doing? It's good to see everybody. Um, week number four, my, my son was like, hey, it's like a month worth of services you guys have had. And I'm like, well, really not yet. We've got like eight more days before we hit our month mark. But we're going to have a party. No, no, just kidding. Um, hey, uh, so interesting thing during worship that, that took place. And I'm going to take a moment of time um, because I feel like the, the Holy Spirit was in, in the middle of that. And, and that was this. I was... Um, worshiping and Janelle was talking about the presence of God and she was like you know hey let's take a moment to focus in on the presence of God and I thought to myself you know what I'm not sure if everybody understands what that means what that even looks like and and um, as I was thinking through that I actually was reminded of a conversation I had with a gentleman this week who um, had been in a couple car accidents and what's interesting is um, he viewed those car accidents as um, kind of like well, God wasn't there, God's presence wasn't with him. That, and I, it was funny because I just looked at him and I said, have you thought about it this way? You're here right now. Um, and you're present, I mean, you're present. And, you know, he, he was saying, oh, man, if God was really real, why won't he do miracles in my life? And I was like, the fact that you're here in the middle of two different car accidents that were pretty bad, totaled cars in both cases, that's a miracle in itself. And he goes, you know, I didn't think about that. And what's interesting is I'm thinking through that, and Dave Dennis comes up to me um, while we're worshiping. And Dave, where are you? Dave, come up here real quick. So just share real quickly what you told me while I'm thinking about this. Okay. God reminded me. One thing, it was concerning me, but it, I think it rely, replied to every part of the body of Christ, and that is my desperation for God will produce his presence. Okay, if I'm not desperate for him, I'm going to go off the deep end. If I'm desperate for him, it's going to show in every single, single bit of my lifestyle. And so I'm just, I'm just going to pass it on because that's what God gave me tonight in order to share with the body of Christ. Perfect. Okay, so give him, give him a hand. Okay, so a little nerve-wracking, I'm sure, for Dave that I was going to make him get up here and share that. Um, but you know what? Here's, here's the truth. I want this to be a place um, where Holy Spirit can begin to speak. And uh, I don't believe that there's coincidences. And here I am thinking about this. And he comes up at that time and says, hey, I just feel like God was telling me this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell everybody this. Um, because I agree with him. You know what? When we have a desperation, and I think another way that I would say that, Dave, is that when we put our focus and when we put our intentional thinking upon the things of God, guess what? He's here. And we begin to realize that his presence is with us. And so uh, I'm going to open up by praying about that. Um, and I just would encourage you, keep your eyes focused on him. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago when we shared our testimony, for me, it was just that challenge uh, to go before the Lord and say, God, if you're really real, make this, make this true. But when you say that and when you pray that prayer, I need you to understand that I believe God intervenes every single day. And so look for those um, times when he comes in and does something pretty supernatural that maybe you just missed. Because I think miracles are happening all, all the time around us, and we're just missing them. Um, because maybe we're not desperate for God and really keeping our, our, our eyes on him. Um, so I'm going to pray for that. The second thing I'm going to pray for is all of the churches in Castle Rock um, that are gathering together as that pastor's prayer team. Um, 
this week, we're going to be praying um, for the schools and the students in the schools. Now, here's what's really interesting. The prayer team, uh, Angela and Kim, who are putting together the prayer team, uh, Wednesday night thing, they decided that on Wednesday night this coming week, we should pray for our schools and for our kids. They had no idea that that's what the topic was, and I didn't either until I went on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, isn't it cool when God does this? And so um, if you have for Wednesday evenings free, man, I want you to come to the prayer times. They've been just incredibly powerful. But this particular week, I want to encourage you, um, bring your kid. We'll pray over your kid for school. Uh, maybe there's a situation in the school for your children that you want us to pray for. We'll pray for that. We're going to specifically be praying for schools and the kids. But with all of the Castle Rock churches this weekend, we're going to lift up the schools and the teachers right now. So Heavenly Father, we come before you. And God, I pray for the schools in this area, in the community. God, I pray um, for the uh, teachers that teach the kids. God, I pray that you would give them great wisdom in regards to what uh, it is to be taught and how to teach those kids. God, I pray that you would give them creative ways to penetrate into the minds of those uh, children and those students. God, I pray for the kids. And I come against the suicide a spirit that is out there right now. God, we come against that. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would help these kids understand who they are. And God, I pray that you would give the teachers visions to be able to uh, give that uh, identity to their students and to those kids. And so, Lord, we lift up our schools and we pray that your presence would be in those places. And God, we pray that your presence that is everywhere at all the times, God, that we would recognize that presence. And so, Lord, we come before you right now and recognize that you are here. And Lord, I pray that you would communicate your word through me right now and that everybody listening to me would listen to your presence and your heart. And God, that you would come in and challenge us to um, draw closer to you. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Well, hey, we're in a series called Four Pillars. And what it is is basically the uh, four things that we believe that Shine Church is going to build ourselves up on. Last week, I talked about the foundation that we're going to build on, which is Jesus Christ. If you didn't get to listen to that, go to our Facebook page. You can, um, you can watch that video and listen to that message. Um, but this week, I want to start talking about those four pillars. And just as a quick reminder, we want to be a church that is strong in engagement, engagement with God, engagement with one another. We want to be a church that is strong in identity, or identifying who we are in him and how he sees us. We want to be a church that is strong in empowerment, being empowered by Holy Spirit in our lives to accomplish the giftings and the things that he's given to us, the things that he created us with. And then ultimately the outflow of that will be that we will multiply into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, and into the community of Castle Rock and South Denver and the whole state of Colorado. Now, um, we are going to do things different, like we've been saying, and so you would think that I would start with engage, but I'm not. I'm going to start from the backside. I'm going to start on multiply, and here's the reason. I want to start with the end goal in mind. Okay, I want to start with where we hope that every believer, every person that begins to walk with their relationship with God, begins to mature in that relationship, begins to understand that God has given them the power um, and wants to empower them to do these things, that ultimately the end goal for their life is to multiply themselves or to reproduce themselves. And so here's an interesting thing I want to just share uh, that Kim and I had as we were um, talking about this. Uh, last week, I shared how quickly it came, um, the engagement, the identify, the empowerment, and multiply. But 
we couldn't agree what to call this last one. I wanted to call it reproduce. She wanted to call it multiply. And we went back and forth on that. And so we brought it to the formation team and hands down the formation team said multiply. I'm like, come on. So I totally lost out on that. Um, and so uh, I want to just define real quick those two words because interestingly enough, they're, they're pretty close uh, in regards to an understanding of what they are, uh, but yet they are different. Multiply, to increase or cause to increase in number. To increase or cause to increase in number. All right? To reproduce, interesting enough, Right at the end of that, it says reproduce. I was like, see, it's right. It's supposed to be reproduce. They still said no. Uh, reproduce. The definition of this is to produce a copy or create something very similar to. To produce a copy or create something very similar to. Now, um, before I move on, I keep forgetting on a Saturday night to bring this up. If you want to follow along with the notes that I have, um, the YouVersion Bible app, if you go to Bible.com, the YouVersion Bible app, actually we're posting the notes on that app. And so if you have that app, you can just go to the little triple line there, click on it and see events. It's going to ask you to use your location and you'll find Shine Church. You can click on it and you can follow along with the notes. You can actually make your own notes in that program. And if you don't have that app, you can get it at Bible.com. And you can download that app onto your smartphone. Um, so you can follow along. So these definitions are in the notes there. You can find them there. Um, I need to just real quick before I get into this any further. I want to apologize on behalf um, of leadership in churches. Because when it comes to reproducing and when it comes to multiplying, I think that the church in large has done a poor job of setting an example from a leadership standpoint. I think the church has set up leaders as the ones that do the multiplying, that they're, um, they set up churches and they set up places where the expectation is that the church leadership is gonna be the one that goes out and begins to reproduce or begins to multiply inside the church. And I think it's a poor model. I think that when you read through your Bible, you begin to realize that it's not the leadership that was supposed to reproduce. It wasn't the leadership that was supposed to multiply. The leaders were supposed to equip. So I apologize on behalf of all leadership in churches and just say, forgive us. Because what that means is this. If we haven't been teaching and equipping you how to reproduce and how to multiply, that means that we have been more interested in having you look at our gifts than us looking at your gifts. And I wanna be a place where we come alongside you and help you to know what your gifts are. And we wanna come alongside of you. And I know I've said that, I'm gonna keep saying that over and over until you guys are going, oh man, he really means it. Yes, I really do. I want you guys to understand that we as leadership, we as pastors of this church want to come alongside of you guys and equip you and train you in the things that God has called you to do. Is that okay? Okay. Now that means that you're going to have to get involved in that. Oh, yeah, that wasn't exciting. As is, exciting, yeah. right, is that okay? Yes. Right, that means you're going to have to get involved. Nothing. Yeah, nothing at all right there. <laughs> Okay, so I have two thoughts that I want to share with you this evening on uh, multiplying. And the first one 
is make disciples. Um, there's a thing that most of us have heard uh, probably several uh, times, if not hundreds of times, um, that is called the Great Commission. Um, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to pull it out, and I want you to turn to Matthew uh, chapter 28. I'm actually going to give you a minute. If you have your Bible, bring it out. Um, I'm going to give you a second to get to the verses. I want you to get in the habit of actually opening this. Last week, we talked about the importance of reading this book. Um, I want you to know I got a brand new one just to preach here. Look at how nice that is. You know, just, woo. Because the one I had was taped last week. I think there was tape on it, and you know, it was just like. Um, but I'm going to turn, have you turn to Matthew chapter 28. Um, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screens behind me. Um, but it's actually, head, the heading in this section is actually called the Great Commission. And I'm going to pick up in verse 18. And it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, my first question that I have for you in this is, when I read that section of scripture and when I talk about the Great Commission, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? Help me out. Missions. Yes or no? And along with missions, what's the next thing that comes into mind? Maybe it's a little fearful thought. Huh? Spread the gospel, okay? But what does it mean for you individually? Stepping out. Anybody have the fear like, okay, that section of scripture means that I have to go into all the world. If I actually read this, Pastor Dan, and I believe it, does that mean God's going to send me to fill in the blank? I, yes or no? This becomes an incredibly intimidating scripture when you think of it in that light. And here's what's interesting. As I was reading through this, as I'm studying it this week, there is so much more than just the idea of going out to all the world. And I want you to understand, there is a place for that. And God will call some of us to actually go to the ends of the earth. There are people in here listening to me right now that maybe you do have a call to go into the missions field. And I don't want you to... Um, you know, try to hide away from that. If God's calling you to that, that means he's got the grace for you to do that and he's gonna give you the life to do that and you will have the empowerment to do that. But not everybody in this room is gonna be called to go overseas or to go down into South America because if you did, we wouldn't have any church. You guys would all be gone. But it's funny how we all focus in on that Heart, and then when we start to pray about it and we start to think about multiplying, we think about that the only way that I can multiply is by going to some other country. And church, that's just not true. It's not true. And again, I think there is a place for some of you that may have that calling. But for a majority of, the, of us, I want you to listen to the whole context of this as I read it one more time. Jesus came to them and said, all, in, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, so first off, understand that before whatever he says next, 
He wants you to understand that all authority has been given unto him. We talked about last week that he died so that we could have Holy Spirit inside of us, leading us and guiding us. So therefore, what he's saying is the death that I did, that I partook, the sacrifice, so that you could have the Holy Spirit means that the Holy Spirit in you has this same authority. Therefore, okay, so first and foremost, it's so important that we listen to the Holy Spirit and understand that the Holy Spirit is who is going to be guiding and leading us in this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, is the United States a nation? Okay, good. So, so there's people here that need to know about Jesus Christ as well. There's people in Castle Rock. There's a lot of people in Castle Rock that need to hear about Jesus Christ. I think I overheard at the, at the prayer, the day of prayer, that somebody told me that 83% of Castle Rock do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 83%. There's a lot of people out there that need to know about the good news of Jesus Christ. We have a mission field right here in our backyard. We're supposed to go and make disciples of these people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. When we were talking about this with the teaching team, Janelle actually goes, you know what? We talk about going out and we talk about being sent out, but we don't do a very good job about talking about the teaching part. You know what? Again, coming from the leaders, we need to do a better job of teaching you how to do this. And then as you catch this, you need to understand, hey, you know what? It's not just about going out and telling people about Jesus Christ, but it's actually going out and teaching people how to go out and tell other people. You guys can be the teachers that actually help other people to go out and tell the world about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be a church where we're teaching you these things. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, so I've got a question for you. And again, I want you to participate. Here's the question. Can you be a disciple and not multiply? Okay, lots of no's. Some say yes. All right, to my no people, give me why you can't. If you truly follow after Jesus, then you're going to model the things that Jesus did. Do you guys agree with that? Okay, I think we all agree with that, but it gets a little scary, doesn't it? It gets, it gets into our living room a little bit when we begin to realize, oh, wow, Jesus went out and he actually talked to his neighbors. I don't like my neighbor. Anybody? We live in a world, we pull into our garage, we shut the garage door before we get out of the car (laughs) because we don't want to talk to the neighbor. And yet, you know what? You may be the only person that can bring the life and the good news, Jesus Christ, to that. Okay, so that's good. Any other thoughts uh, that come to mind? If you can't be a disciple without multiplying, what other thoughts come into your mind about that? Okay, that if I haven't done it, then it means I'm not a disciple. Ooh, 
that hurts, isn't it? Because all of a sudden, we start to, if you're anything like me, I start to analyze. I start to self-examine myself. And I start to wonder, how am I doing in this particular area? How am I doing in this particular area? And my hope is, and my heart for you today, is that this would be a challenge to you. That you know what? In order for me to be a disciple, Jesus himself said that I need to go out. That I need to go and make disciples. And if I'm not willing to stretch myself and I'm not willing to step out there and go do that, then I'm not really doing what Jesus is asking me to do. Does it mean you're not saved? No. I want you to hear this. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. If you had to go and make disciples to be saved, he would have added it right there. He would have put it in right there, but he didn't. But in order for us to truly live the abundant life, one of the things that Jesus asked us to do is go. Go into our world, go into our neighborhoods, go into our workplaces and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And here's why I'm so excited about these four pillars because I think anybody can take these four pillars and kind of analyze and understand where somebody is. Because a simple question of, hey, what do you think about God? will let you know how engaged they are with God or not. Because if they go, oh man, God is awesome and Jesus is cool, you'd be like, okay, all right, I don't need to talk about engagement anymore. <laughs> okay? Um, well, maybe you could go, well, what church do you go to? Well, I go to, and they fill in the blank. And you're like, okay, I don't need to touch this person in engagement. Well, how do you see yourself in? Well, I don't know. I don't think God loves me. I think he's angry at me. Okay, now you know that that identify pillar, that's the one you hang out with. That's the one you begin to talk to your neighbor about, your coworker about. That's where you hang and you start to just share with them what God has shown you. Now, here's the thing. You've got to go through the process. If I ask you what you think about Jesus Christ, I hope that all of you be like, yes, he's awesome. But I know that in a room this size, some people are even wondering about who he is in their life. And that's okay. I'm totally okay with that. And I want you to know that this is a safe place where you can understand and begin to learn about Jesus Christ. You can ask questions that maybe you are afraid to ask anywhere else. Please do ask those questions here. Understand that we want to be a place that is safe for those things where you can grow in these four pillars. But if you take this challenge to go and make disciples, I want you to understand those four pillars on the wall in the coffee bar area, those things are not just there for us to be strong, but I believe they're strategic points, strategic pillars that you can take with you wherever you're going. And I believe Holy Spirit will give you insight into some questions to ask for each one of those things. And we'll help you with that um, in that process. Okay, so I think that that's probably the pretty standard understanding the great commission that Jesus has asked us to go and make disciples. Um, you know, the teaching team has been just so fun to, to talk and get insight from. Um, who's on the teaching team? You guys want to know that? Okay, so I'm on the teaching team. Pastor DJ is on it. Pastor Rob 
is on the teaching team. Uh, Pastor Darren Sesmat is on the teaching team. And I've asked uh, Pastor Janelle Jackamore to be on the teaching team. And so once a week, we're gathering together, and we're actually talking about the messages that we're going to be uh, giving and sharing. And what's neat is just all the different insight and different angles that have come out just even in the discussions already so far. Uh, it's a good team. Man, it's just a good team. God has blessed this church with amazing uh, leaders. And so um, uh, one of the things that, that came up in the middle of that when we were talking about the Great Commission is that, you know, sometimes we make it too uh, frightening, too scary, too difficult. Um, and the truth is that all God wants us to do is follow Christ and bring people with us as we do. Can you do that? Can you follow Jesus Christ and then bring people with you? That's, that's all that Jesus is asking. When he says, go and make disciples, don't make this, this big, scary thing that he's asking you to do. Just understand that what he's saying is, hey, would you follow me? And as you follow me, just bring some people with you. Now, I understand we live in a pretty isolated world. And for some of you, you're like, oh, I don't know. My extroverts are like, yes, okay, this is good. My introverts are like, no, I don't want to do this. But you know what? Even in the midst of that, we joke as a leadership team that during greeting time, the coffee bar is where all the introverts go and they have fellowship. It's true. There is a place where even the introvert can find ways to go and make disciples. As you seek Jesus, as you walk with him, and you begin to find people that he's drawing to you, just invite them to come along with you, all right? So um, the second thing I want to talk to you tonight is this. Reproduce you. Reproduce you. And the Lord led me to an interesting scripture in regards to multiplication um, I, you know, I, I didn't think that this is where I would go when talking about this, but he led me to the parable of the sower. And um, it's in Mark, um, the version I'm going to read is in Mark chapter 4. So again, if you have your Bibles, you can pull that out and you can follow along with me. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 3. And it says this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Now, here's what's interesting. I have read this from an understanding that when somebody gives a message that your heart, and depending on where your heart is, um, is one of these uh, basically soils. And do you have the good soil? Make your heart good. Ask God to have an, give you an open heart. And even last week I said, hey, you know what? God's doing some new things here. And so are you praying for a new heart so you can receive that new wine? I totally agree with that. I totally believe in that. Um, but it was interesting because as I was reading through that section of scripture, thinking about this message on multiplication, on 
our personal lives multiplying into this world, um, I began to realize, oh my gosh, this parable talks about us multiplying. It actually talks about us multiplying and not only multiplying um, in the way that we think, you know, if I can just get one person here, one person there. It says 30 times, 60 times, 100 times more than we're, we're at. And so let me read um, what Jesus, uh, how, or how Jesus explained this parable to the disciples. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? This is verse 13, if you're following along. How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Okay, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. If you don't feel like you are going out and making disciples of even your cul-de-sac or your neighborhood, um, could it be that the word that the enemy wants to give to you or the word that God wants to give to you that he wants to impart to you is being stolen right away? Okay, Um, we live in a world that is incredibly skeptical. Okay, we do. Um, I've joked from time to time, we actually have uh, one of our states in the 50 states actually has a motto on their license plate that's the show me state. I will not believe it until you show it to me. And man, I think the enemy of our soul loves to snatch what he can. And if he can make us skeptical about any word that's given, um, man, he hinders you from receiving the word that God has for you. I think that's why um, the last few weeks I've been saying, hey, listen, God is doing something new here. He is, he's doing something new. Will you open your heart and have a new heart to receive what he has um, for you? Open your heart to receive that. Goes on and says, others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Okay, real quick. What is some of the things that come that steal the word in this person's life? Death. Go into that a little bit. Somebody passes away in the Anybody? We know people. If we haven't done it ourselves, absolutely. What else? What other things like that? And why does that steal that word from us, that seed? Because we lose faith. Okay, so uh, she said because of a job or, or a situation that doesn't go the way that we wanted it to do. And so therefore, it kind of steals away. I'll never forget, um, uh, gentlemen, when I was a leader in Pastor John's youth group. Man, this, this, this guy sold out for God, asked Jesus into his heart. Man, just started giving his everything for Jesus Christ. But before he had done that, he had made some mistakes that he was going to have to go to court for. And he went to court going, God is going to totally deliver me of this. But the truth is he had to pay for what he had done. And when that didn't happen, this right here, the trouble of that just said, no. And he just said, I don't believe it. 
What other troubles can steal away the seed? Illness. Oh, that's a good one. Getting old. <laughs> Getting old. And you know what? It's true. Man, it's true. But man, as we get older, shouldn't we get more in love with Jesus? Shouldn't we find ourselves actually falling more and more in love with him because of how we do see him um, interact with us? But the truth is, getting older uh, means that there's, there's pains and aches and things that you wake up in the morning and go, man, I, what happened? My wife woke up this morning and said, I, I have this cut on my finger. I think I cut my finger in the middle of the night and it hurts. I know that's silly, but I mean, even the littlest things. And it's funny because for some people, that steals that seat. And so, again, listen to this. Sown in rocky place, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, the last only a short time, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Church, we have to resolve ourselves to not let trouble in this world steal away the things that God has for us. There's different scriptures, and I don't have the time to go into it, but, you know, James says, consider it pure joy when you face a trial. Consider it pure joy. What? I think what he's saying is, man, you have to have an understanding. God is still good. And he's going to use that to do something great for your life, for all things work out for the glory of those who seek him. And so don't let that trouble and tribulation to steal that seed. goes on and says this. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and this desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Okay, so what are the things in that section that we've seen in the world that comes and steals the seed? What? Violence? Okay. What, somebody said work? Go into that a little bit. How does work steal the seed? puts a priority on the work instead of on, on our Lord. And here's the thing. When it talks about going and making disciples, when it talks about us multiplying, how many of you know that it's hard to multiply when you're worried about work? Or when violence is taking place and you don't understand it and so you're consumed by that and you know what? It ultimately causes this fear in you, which is then anxiety and is worry. And those things come and hinder us from actually being able to go and make disciples. Man, as I was reading through this, I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen this in an incredibly different view here. Because as I focus through the lens of our job is to multiply or to reproduce ourselves in this world, look at the different ways that the enemy comes to steal that thing away. And here's the beauty of it. When you begin to realize that and when you get to understand that, when those things come, instead of being shaken by those things, you can go, no, I'm not going to let that take this. I'm not going to let this unmet expectation. I'm not going to let this little fear, this anxiety, this worry take that away. We have to stand on the word though. And it goes on and it says this. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it. 
and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Okay, I want to ask you a question. When it says that we are to accept the word, what does that mean? What? Faith? Okay, go into that a little bit. What do you mean faith? Okay, when I hear the word, okay, when I hear the word, I have to realize that it's the truth. Again, last week we talked about the importance of getting into our word, reading our Bible, because I think that the enemy tries to hinder us from getting into it. We talked about how we, it's intimidating, but the truth is this. If we get into our word, what happens is it begins to build faith, okay? Romans actually says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, of God. We need to hear from God and then believe it. <laughs> have you ever prayed this? God, do you love me? And the first thought you have is yes. And then the second thought is, but you need to do this. Okay. I am a huge believer that God is quick to answer us when we pray. I believe that God wants us to hear his voice. I believe that God wants to contribute to our lives. I believe that he created all of this with such intricate detail that it would go totally contrary to his nature to just put us here on the earth and say, okay, good luck. Just the fact that I can stand before you with all the blood vessels and snooze and all, all the different aspects and I can move and make facial reactions and all, all of that stuff, all the millions of things that have to happen for me to just do this. And then you tell me that he doesn't want to have a very detailed, intricate relationship with me? That doesn't make sense. It goes against what his nature is. So I want you to know he wants to speak to you, but the enemy of our soul tries to snatch it or creates worries to take it out or troubles to take it away. So absolutely, we have to believe it. What else does, comes to mind when I say that we have to accept the word of God? Accept all the word. What does that mean, accept all the word? Okay, so Job, uh, what you said was that Job lost everything um, but came to the understanding that God was still good. Man, that's hard to get. That's hard to understand, but it's key and it's very vital to understanding that if you want to multiply, if you want to reproduce, people aren't going to be attracted to you when you're happy because happy things are happening. They're going to go, of course you're happy. You just won the lottery. You just got all the toys you want. Whatever. You just got the job you want. Whatever it is, of course they're going to expect you to be happy. Do you know what the world is attracted to? Is when you're happy in the midst of things that would make everybody else lose their mind. People will come to you and go, what is the difference what is going on that's making you this way? And that's when you get to just, you're living life, you just bring somebody along with you. Well, let me tell you where I'm getting my strength right now. You know, as a pastor, 
uh, I've done a few funerals in the 25 years of ministry, and I've always been blown away by the grace that a believer has when somebody there that is close to them passes from this life. There's this grace that comes upon them. There's a strength that comes upon them that is, it's just supernatural. And what's been amazing to watch is that how people are drawn, people who don't know Jesus Christ at all are drawn to that per person. Do you believe that God is still good even though, even though something bad is, is going on or there's a trial happening? Will you still accept the good news of Jesus Christ? In light of time, wait, what am I, I said I would never, I'm not gonna say that. Can keep on going. Here's the, here's the next thing I want to bring up. Rob Painter, when we were talking about this in the teaching team, actually said this. When we talk about multiplying, we are not just talking evangelism. I want you to hear that. When we're talking about multiplying, we're not just talking about evangelism. But isn't that where our mind could go? I have to go save somebody. I have to tell them, and yes, yes, I'm not saying that that's not true. We are the light. We are going to be the ones that bring the good news. But I think there's truth to what he says in the second part of the sentence. He says, it's not just talking about evangelism, but in whatever your gifting or passion is. We as leaders are to come and equip you to find these things and teach you how to teach others how to teach others, how to teach others, how to do it. You know, one of the questions I asked to the teaching team in the midst of um, our discussion was, why is it that we can maybe take one or two people with us and kind of disciple them and they'll grow and mature in their relationship with God, but then it kind of falls, they might go one more, but then that person, it doesn't, doesn't happen. I think again, it's because of the poor model that we've illustrated. Um, we wanna be a place where we're equipping and teaching you to equip and teach, to equip and teach, to equip and teach. And here's where we really want you to understand. Yes, it is about telling the good news of Jesus Christ, but it also is to come to an understanding where you're gifted and flourish in your gifting. You wanna multiply, you wanna reproduce, you're gonna multiply and you're gonna reproduce what you're good at. Okay, I am not um, that good at counseling, but Pastor Rob is incredible at counseling. And if I try to reproduce counselors, I'm gonna fail miserably. But if Rob does it, he's gonna succeed and have just a great harvest. And in this story, when it says the seed falls, you know what, and it multiplies 30, 60, 100 fold, what seed is that that's falling? It's the seed of who that person is. And we want to come alongside of you guys and equip and train you to get good at the gifting that you have. Now, I said earlier that means you're going to have to participate in this. Okay, you're going to have to do the work of trying to figure out, God, what do you have in me? What have you wired me for? What is it that you want me to do at Shine Church and in Castle Rock? He's got something for you. I don't doubt that for a second. 
I'm very confident that every person in this room, God has something for you. But here is the rut, or maybe here's the pattern that a lot of people have gotten into. I believe God gave me this right when we were praying about starting this church. Church has become a place where you can hear about how to go out into this world and exercise this gift of multiplication. And a lot of people have come in and they listen every weekend, but then they have an extremely hard time applying it for Monday through Saturday. And the illustration that I felt like God gave me would be this. I don't know if any of you go to a gym to work out. But when you go for the very first time, they want you to know how to use the equipment. And so let's say you go into the gym on a Monday and you say, okay, I'm here to work out. And so you get with the trainer and the trainer says, okay, I'm going to show you um, just five pieces of equipment. We have you know, 50, but today I want to focus on five and I want to show you how to use these five pieces of equipment. And you're like, okay, great. And so you go, you listen to him, you watch him. Maybe they even have little training videos on it. And you're like, okay, I totally know how to use that. And so then on Tuesday, you don't go in and use it. Wednesday, Thursday, you don't go use it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you don't go use it. And Monday you come in and you're like, okay, I'm ready for more training. And so the trainer goes, okay, well, now we're going to work on the next five pieces of equipment and begins to do that. And what happens in that illustration, you'd be like, well, that's crazy. You're wasting your money. Why are you going to the gym then? We totally get that in a practical sense in that light. If they've been trained, if you've been trained on those pieces of equipment, man, you need to go use those pieces of equipment on a day-to-day or other day basis so that you can begin to work those muscles out. And yet... We have a lot of people who come to church on a weekend and people get good training. There's good information given, good practical, applicable things to use into your life. But then you get into the rut of your week and there's no follow-up. You're not being intentional about actually applying and working those muscles. And here's what I understand, and I'm not a big muscle. I'm not a big weight guy, just telling you that right now. But here's what I do know about um, working with weights, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is this. If you're going to work with weights and it really work with you, work work for your body, you have to lift until it hurts, and then you lift a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, your muscles begin to tone. Your multiplication muscles, church, you have to go out and stretch yourself in places where maybe you're going to be a little uncomfortable. But here's the good news. When you do that, first off, God will be with you and he will give you what to say. He will totally be there. He will totally help you through that. And as you do that and as you exercise that muscle once, twice, three times, four times, guess what? All of a sudden you'll be like, hey, this isn't so bad after all. And all of a sudden, the thing that was so scary to you, that you were so afraid of, all of a sudden becomes something that you can do and you actually begin to learn and pattern and how to do that. And then God takes you to the next thing and stretches you there. 
but you got to be willing to step out and stretch yourself. So again, maybe in your neighborhood, it is not to shut your garage door right away when you see that neighbor, but go over and say, hey, how are you doing? Ugh, yeah, perfect. Right? And who knows? You may find out that that person needed you in that moment. And I'm not saying that you have to go and start beating them over the head with your Bible the first time. Save that for the third time. No, let the Holy Spirit lead you. You know what? You're going to reproduce and you're going to multiply through relationship. That's how it happens. It happens and it goes and it comes out through relationship. Put in my notes. Are we practicing what we are learning or do we just keep coming to hear how it's done or how it works? Where are you? Where are you? I'll finish by just saying this. My prayer and my hope for this church is that we would be a people that have an ownership mentality and not a consumer mentality. What does it mean to be an owner? Invested in it, what? It's yours. Responsibility. What, somebody said something over here? Pride. Oh, think about it. If you own something, you're proud of that thing. You feel responsible for that thing. If you're a customer, you may or may talk about that thing depending on how well the thing went. If you like a restaurant, yeah, you'll tell other people that you like that restaurant. If you own the restaurant, think about the difference when you interact with other people. I would love Shine Church to be a place where Everybody has shared responsibility in multiplying to this community where everybody is proud of this church and being able to go out and talk about how the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. But we live in a consumer place, in a consumer world. And it's going to take effort. And here's the truth. I am not a perfect human being. The, leaderships are not, the leadership team is not perfect. And we are going to make you mad. I, I promise you. I solemnly swear to you, at some point I will make you mad. I will do something that you wish I hadn't done or I won't do something that you wish I had done. I won't get the men's groups out soon enough. I did the women's too, too soon. I, I, there will be something. But here's the thing. Owners realize, okay, there are hiccups in the road. There's, there's things that, that take place in the middle of that. Consumers say, I'm out. I want you guys to be owners. Let's make this our church. Let, let's make this a place 
where we realize the importance of reproducing and multiplying in this community and we support one another. How cool would it be if on a given weekend we come together and we talk about the incredible things that happened in our cul-de-sacs or in our neighborhoods? Oh my gosh, I gotta tell you about this. I didn't wanna talk to this person, but I did it. Oh, me too. Oh, and man, that would be awesome. And instead of actually getting trained up in a particular situation, we actually are encouraging one another in that. And so that's my heart. So let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you so much. We thank you for this church and we thank you for the fact that you have given us a bold command. A bold command to go and multiply, to go and make disciples, to go and reproduce. And God, we don't take that lightly. And God, we come before you right now and we, um, we just reconcile each individual with where we're at. And so I'm gonna ask you right now as I pray, where are you? When he says go and make disciples, how are you doing? Will you ask him to give you a desire for that? Heavenly Father, give us a desire to go out into this world. Heavenly Father, give us a desire to understand that we are to multiply, but help us to realize it's not necessarily the thing that we've been taught or the thing that we've been led to believe that we have to go into another country or we have to do something that we um, maybe uh, aren't effective or, or talented in, but God, you want to use our giftings and our abilities and the things that you've wired us with to go and reach into this world. And so God, help us to be people that multiply and Help us to be people to bring the good news to a hurting and lost world. And we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, I will finish real quickly by saying this. I started with the end in mind. And so if you find yourself going, oh my gosh, I don't. Hey, we are going to be talking about the other pillars because I realize that everybody is in different places in regards to these things. And for you that maybe just started coming to church here and you're like, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time during the greeting time. That's okay. We're gonna help you to, to get here. So understand that when we teach this first, doesn't mean that now, okay, now go do this. Now some of you are gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna go do this right now. But it's a process. It totally is. And we started this weekend with the end in mind.